This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 5, titled Monster Ball. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one horrendous co-host. <laughs> From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I'm not gagging. I mean, I'm gagging it from, like, the smell. To Taylor... <laughs> The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm doing very fine. Doing very, very well. We just watched, you know, episode five here of RuPaul's Drag Race. And there were, Taylor, there were 33 looks. You know what that means. I know. That you were miserable the entire time. (laughs) Yes, it means that. But it means we have to get right to the show. No time for funny business. No time at all. Well, there is if you pay $3 a month. Okay. 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 All right. Let's jump to it. This week, Brooke and Vanjie kiss, and everyone goes, aww. Nina and Silky kiss, and everyone goes, ew. Raja puts Evie on notice. The girls turn themselves into living dolls and walk the runway three different times with three different looks in the monster ball. In the end, Brooklyn Heights was named the winner of the challenge, while Sugar Cane and Ariel Versace were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Sugar was told, Shantae, you stay, while Ariel was asked... To sashay away. Yes. Taylor, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Well, you know I love me some looks. Sure. I love the look section. So for mm-hmm. the fact that this was a show that was pretty look heavy, I mean, at one point somebody said, we have 33 looks this <sighs> week that are going to have on the runway. Uh, which that to me, in my head, I thought this is awesome for me and this is horrible for Joe. Yeah, did you get the, um, definitely... the did you get the, the screenshot of a noose sent to your phone? <laughs> um and for the most part, I think that it was a really strong showing of the looks. So mm-hmm. it, so in that regard, I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh I liked I liked the whole um I liked the whole I liked Trixie's <laughs> uh appearance and the mini challenge. Ugh. I thought the mini challenge was kind of a it was okay, but it was it was it was um what's the word i'm looking for it was passable Mm -hmm. it was passable for something to do to kind of kill a little bit of time the one thing that i did not like and i feel like it's going to be in the first thing that we talk about is Mm -hmm. i'm starting to lose patience love um i don't know what you want to call it but for evie oh really i'm feeling like evie is evie is trying to stir shit for no other reason than just to kind of stir shit. And I I don't necessarily care for that. Well, we can We've talk talked about, about this now. Or we can talk, like, I mean, it's the first segment. I know what you're talking about. Are you talking about the part with her and Raja at the beginning of the show? Yeah. Okay, we can talk about... Do you want to talk about it now or do you want to talk about it at the top of the show? Talk about it at the top of the show. Okay, go ahead then. Oh, I guess we're at the top of the show. Oh, okay. You want to talk about it now or when we talk about the... Yeah. The, the, okay. Well, go ahead. Make your point. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, that, it's just that I I feel like 
there wasn't really it wasn't really necessary for her to make some comment like that. I get that she she introduced herself as, you know, if I see something that I don't like, I'm going to say something about it. I'm not just going to hold my tongue. Mm -hmm. And I think if it affects you directly, that's one thing. But Raja kind of talking about having that fear of possibly going home and just sort of expressing her stuff cliche as it is. And then Raja kind of throwing stuff at her when they already don't necessarily like each other felt kind of a bo- like a bullying move. And so funny. I, I, I didn't take it as a bullying like move. I took it as a genuine question. I don't know why she gets the. You know, what's so funny is on the rumor mill, uh, mm-hmm. the Patreon show that we have, uh, this topic actually came up. It was I think it's actually on the first response, too, because, you know, I give a, a clip on the first response where the the question has been posed and obviously you're not uh, subscribing to this. Why does Evie get a pass when the Vixen, everyone came on the Vixen? And so, like, why does Evie get a pass as a shit stirrer, whereas the Vixen was, like, you know, lambasted across the uh, social media and the internet for essentially doing the same thing? And it seems like you're saying that they're essentially the same person. No, that it, that it, it there are shades of it. I don't think it's quite as bombastic and maybe mm-hmm. that's why evie isn't necessarily catching shit yet mm-hmm. about that yeah whereas the raven would kind of throw a grenade and then get the mad vixen. with huh the vixen. the vixen why do i always do that i always say the raven the vixen would 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 kind of throw that grenade and then get mad when you would try to throw the grenade back at her mm-hmm. um and it was always where like you know no matter what you were wrong and it was where she would just scream and yell until the other person just admitted defeat mm-hmm. in her mind um, I know that on the coming up next week, it seems like we have another example of that, of where she just sort of says something, you know, we don't have the full details and, you know, they've been known to kind of th- have us think one thing, but something else actually happens. Yeah, yeah. But it feels like it's one of these where this is going to be where everybody comes back in after this elimination, somebody makes a comment and then she says something to kind of stir up shit. I, I don't like that. I've never liked that in a queen that doesn't do it in a way. The only time that i could think of that i maybe possibly liked a question like that a thing like that is bianca asking i have a very fair question to ask you what do you do well but that's that is that seemed more constructive than destructive at this point okay i'm gonna agree and disagree with you there are moments where evie has done that case in point when remember um uh, when the other team was telling Ru- RuPaul about Silky and how much she annoyed them, I think it was episode two. Yeah. And then in the dressing room, uh, Evie injected herself in the situation for no reason whatsoever. And that's actually when she, she and Raja first have their right. go at it. And actually, on that case, I actually side with Raja. You know? Mm-hmm. Whereas, why was Evie... If you have any, for those of you who don't remember, you know, uh, uh, Ariel fesses up to... Uh, talking shit about Silky, and then Evie comes down on the rest of the team for not saying anything, and then Raja says, you know, don't don't put words in our mouths, you don't know what was said, kind of thing, right? Yeah. It turns into a fight. Okay. In that case, I think you're right. In this case, though, I how is what she said different from what Bianca said when you said, I'm going to ask you a fair or question, what do you do well? Because essentially, Evie was asking the same question. What Raja said was... Well, you know, essentially along the line, I'm paraphrasing completely, I'm probably taking some liberties here, but essentially along the lines of, well, it doesn't matter how I do in the challenge, I'll lip sync the boots the house down, yes, mama got 
you know, and I'll just mm-hmm. take send everyone home. Which, by the way, I don't remember her lip sync being all that great. But anyway, no, that's not a good strategy yeah. long term. <laughs> no, no, especially not with her. I could see if it was like you know, <laughs> um, you know, Coco Montrese or Kennedy or something <laughs> like that, but not her. So um, one yeah, of those or peppermint, yeah. But um, but anyway, she said it, and and I think Evie's question was, why don't you? That's what she said directly. She said, why don't you? Because Roger says, I can lip sync the house down, right? And Evie's like, well, why don't you bring that same energy then to the challenge? Then you don't have to lip sync. How is that an unfair question? How is that bullying? Because it tell me, like Taylor, was, tell me. She was put, she was punching down at that point. Raja had just almost gotten eliminated in theory mm-hmm. because they got all the, you know, the Muslim storyline out. So we all know who was really going home. But in the moment, it yeah. felt like she was really going home. And for her to kind of maybe she was sort of talking herself up a little bit mm-hmm. and then for her to immediately go to that question. Whereas when it was asked in Untucked, when Bianca asked Trinity about it, there was just a conversation going on. Nobody nobody was sure who was lip syncing. Nobody was sure who almost got um, got eliminated at that point. And it was where there was there was an uh, there was a dialogue going on where it felt more like Raja was just sort of talking mm-hmm. at that point and just kind of talking things out. So for her to throw that in, I just didn't like it. It just was a moment I didn't like. After Mercedes elimination, the girls return to the workroom to de-drag. Scarlet Envy basks in the glory of a compliment from RuPaul. The girls press Brooke and Vanessa about their budding romance, and Evie and Raja go at each other's throats once again. Taylor, what were your thoughts on Evie and Raja going after each other? (laughs) I loved it. I lived for it. Everything about it was drama, 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 and I'm here for it. Yeah, okay, Um, but let's move on to the other thing. What about Scarlet Envy going like, you know, like... Anytime RuPaul just kind of looks at Scarlet, she's like, the, she's like, yeah, yeah, RuPaul looked at me. <laughs> I think that on the one hand, there was there was the, the, there was the possibility for some delusional thoughts mm-hmm. there. However, the fact that they brought up the fact that Ru said to her, she said, great job on casting, which yeah. it was really it good, was. really good casting this week. Mm-hmm. I think that she should have gotten credit for that. And I think basking in that where, you know, Rue said something about my casting. I think that's great. And she should get accolades for that. Mm-hmm. That being said, where there was the perception from the other girls of that, you know, I am responsible for all of your wins mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That didn't necessarily feel right. And that 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 is that there's a little bit of delusion there. All right, very good. You know, um, I think she completely and why does every confessional she have, it seemed like a villain talking. It always seems like it's, and I'm going to crush the competition. (laughs) And I'm like, well, go ahead. Let's think about this. Is there a villain this season? Well, look, I'm going to, we're going to, I think for some reason you and I save these conversations for the very end when I want to go. But uh, that's one of the big things. And I guess we can kind of have this conversation here is I'll be honest with you. This is a. I feel we've talked about this in previous. What other season did we say was a beige season? I feel like we've said that before. Um, but, was it? Yeah, we we talked about beige seasons before. Ten. Well, no. no. Well, if, 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 I take everything back then because this cast is beige. Nine. Squared. Jordan Darling says season nine was very beige. Okay. Well, then I take it back because this cast is beige. Taupe. <laughs> yes, this cat. This this is like eggshell white. Eggshell, it crew. Yeah, this this season it's like 
I think the problem I, I feel in previous seasons any I'm talking about any, I'm talking post season seven anything mm-hmm. post season seven there were always at least some queens who hadn't gotten the memo and that made it entertaining and it feels like this season every girl has gotten the memo silky didn't get it the first couple episodes but she's since gotten it you know yeah no I, it's funny okay go ahead because i have just to finish my show. thought and so everybody plays it super safe yeah I mean, to the point where it the producers and the editors feel like the eye of sauron where they're just looking for some sort of drama and that's why i have it in my notes here to talk about at some point these fucking producers are pushing this brangy storyline like nobody's business because i think there's nothing else for them to to, to talk about they're thanking god that this is going on because even Silky's mellowed out a mm-hmm, little bit too. Mm-hmm. So what they, so what they had and that we were fearful was going to be the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. It, it's we, yeah, let's, let's talk about just kind of how summing up the first, cause really the first third of the season at this point is done. Yeah. The first five girls are gone. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, what the hell was that noise? That? What was that? My hus- that was my husband sneezing. Oh, okay. I thought there was a velociraptor in your house. I was like, run. <laughs> there is. I'm married to it. <laughs> okay. And he's he's apparently got hay fever. Okay. Um Hey. Hey, hey fever. Hot you. Um, he he uh now I'm distracted by my husband sneezing. It it's I I have thoughts. My my supervisor at work has thoughts about it too, because she watched last night's episode and we'll talk about that. Well, later. Taylor, I have breaking news for you. This mm-hmm. is the show where we share our thoughts. <laughs> I know, but I know that just I do don't it wanna... here. Just do it here. Cause then it's going to be, be the looks and we're done. Okay. So last night as my boss was leaving work, I made reference to, cause I thought I was going to have to work later than usual. And I said, mm-hmm. but I got to get home because I tape a podcast about drag race and I got to, so she was like, okay. So she comes in this morning and she goes, I watched drag race last night. And I said, mm-hmm. Oh really? And she said, yeah. And she goes, I hadn't seen any since the first episode. She goes, of the whole series. Just, no, of oh, okay. this season. Okay. This, this season, she said, I watched the first episode, and she goes, and I wasn't really all about it because I wasn't all about the – she said the fat one, and I laughed, and I said silky, and she said, yeah. And I said, well, what did you think? And she kind of went mm. – <laughs> and I said, that's kind of what everybody is saying about the mm-hmm. season is it's very much of there's no storyline at all. I think that might be why I enjoyed this episode as much as I did mm-hmm. because it wasn't about storyline. It was just about – them showing looks showing looks and presenting and and in that regards i was i was all about it i think that they as i've said before season 12 they're going to have to do something completely different and completely new to put set these girls to where they don't know what the hell is going on Mm -hmm. and that's the only way they're going to get some real drama out of this the the format is too it's stale. The format mm-hmm. is stale at this point. Remember how all of the girls walked in in the beginning of All Stars 2 and they thought they knew what was happening. And yeah. then when Rue says, who's your sisters in drag now? Mm-hmm. You all are going to be the ones to vote. And how that fucked with all of them. Mm-hmm. They need something like that where they where it fucks with all of them. I think Rue tried it with the six person lip sync mm-hmm. to try to mix things up. And then that was just a huge train wreck. They're going to have to do something because these girls are going to get more and more and more aware. You know that some of them are thinking, I just have to get to two more and then I'm on match game. Yeah. Snatch game. You know, snatch game. Sorry. 
you know, or they just are just sort of aware at this point that I, I can write my own ticket the longer I go, but I don't have to go to the top spot. You don't have people that look like they're hungry for it. Rue at this point, I was noticing she looks bored, Mm -hmm. which this is really kind of the first time that I've seen her where, especially on the, on the, on the main stage where she looks like, I, I, I already know who my top six are going to be. Mm-hmm. So I just have to ride out the next four mm-hmm. so that I can, so that I can slowly pick off the ones that I, that don't fit the narrative. It's clear who she likes. Mm-hmm. It's clear who she doesn't know who they are yet. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of waiting the moment down. I, she looks mad watching some of these lip syncs too. Like, I feel like we're going to get another. I don't want to hear any more goddamn excuses anymore because she just she, like the, the everything has just been subpar mm-hmm. safe is a very good word to describe this cast. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not all about it. So there are a couple of rumors that are not spoilers because they have, they have to do with things that happen off the air and nothing to do with results. Okay. Um, one of them has to do with what we're talking about. Another one has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I'll say both. The one that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, and I think we see evidence today, is that there was a, this was an old rumor, but that this season was actually supposed to premiere in the fall. Now, remember this this uh, this season taped in early May, started taping like in mid May. Okay? Yeah. So the the rumor I think was based on the fact that they taped so early because they were hoping to to premiere it in the fall, and there was no basis to it. Obviously, it premiered now, but the fact that there was a Halloween challenge would sort of lend credence to it. You know? that, yeah, I thought that was confusing that there were so many Halloween references. But yeah, and okay. then there's a and then, so a I think maybe it was gonna be in the fall, and now here we are. One, two. So I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, but I'll say it again. There is a rumor that at some point the producers sat the girls down and said, "Do you want to be the next season seven? Because right now the season you're giving us is season seven. That it is off camera. Yeah." So that they had to step their pussies up because they were being boring. I kind of hope that rumor is true because from what we're seeing right now, they're just playing it so fucking safe. Like, unt- like apart from a few moments, Untucked is boring, which is really a bad sign because usually at the, up until Snatch Game, Untucked is the more interesting part of the show. Right. Because there's so many girls and they're trying to get their camera time. And it just seems like they're all trying to play it safe because now you know what it is i'll tell you what it is is now it used to be what you saw from season seven to like season nine or ten okay were girls who they just needed to get to like after snatch game and then they're good their quote goes up yada 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 now we're in a postmodern era where they realize oh shit now i have to get on all stars yeah, but, but that's a good not, point. But they're not re- – so they have to go, not only do I have to get to the past Snatch game, now I have to think long-term, and am I going to be on All-Stars? What's funny, though, is in doing so, they're se- they're self-defeating. They're being self-defeating because they're being so vanilla that it's, it's a whole cast of Cameron Michaels. And they're just all trying to play it so fucking safe because they don't want to get in the bad side of any producer or I don't know what it is. And they want to be on All Stars, and so I don't know. Meanwhile, this if if Silky, and in other words, I'm saying I don't know where Silky goes. 
Okay. But if yeah. Silky doesn't go very far, or maybe she goes far, who knows? In other words, if she does anything but win, if Silky does anything but win the whole thing, she's guaranteed to be an All Stars. Yeah. Okay. So. No, I agree with that. I, I absolutely agree with that. But what do you think? And uh, let's let's talk about this now, and then we'll jump to the next part. Is what do you think about the pushing of the Brooke and Vanjie romance? Don't you think it? I mean, that's to me, that's an elimination day storyline among many. We're done, Deanna story. But it seems like every fucking week, every fucking segment, we're seeing them kiss. What are your thoughts on this? I think that it's again, they're playing it safe. They're playing. They're playing. They're, they're, it's not so much that they're playing it safe. Let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. It's that they're not giving them a whole lot to work with. So it turns into this where one of the queens asks them what's going on, and then they just have shots of them looking back and forth at each other and kind of doing the you know shrug mm-hmm. and like you know we're just seeing where it goes. Everything's just fine. We're just yeah. we're just having fun and we're just seeing where it goes. And it feels like that's happened three weeks in a row, where there isn't any sort of development to it. There isn't anything, with the exception of. Brooklyn kind of trying to get Vanjie's attention at one point. She's making a costume and Vanjie kind of looking down like, I, I don't care how good the dick is. I got to focus on my, on my, on my outfits for the thing and seem very determined, which leads me to wonder, is this, is Brooke playing some sort of game? Is this a situation which Brooke is realizing I can get airtime if I start, you know, kai kai with one of the Queens so, and I'm going to, uh, who's, who's, who's the biggest name at this point out of all the Queens there with the possible exception of Nina West, where a lot of them knew who Nina was. The only other one that everybody knew was Vanjie. So while I'm not saying there wasn't a genuine appreciation for each other, mm-hmm. this may be a situation where this is, you know, we're doing this, we're doing this for the camera kind of thing. Yeah. I don't disagree with you because it seems like Brooke is always, I don't want to say aggressor, but the more assertive one, always pushing the PDA. And you're right. Vanessa always seems to be like, I mean, I'll, I'll comply, but like this is, I'm, I'm here to do a job. You know, yeah. I, I think Vanessa truly would have kept it under wraps. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be hard to keep it under wraps. It really wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why, uh, it, it, but it's because Brooke, Brooke wants, Brooke is, you know, uh, claiming her territory, she's like a dog pissing on a wall to mark her spot. Yeah, not n- not necessarily to uh, like all the girls want to get with Vanjie, but I think more like, look, bitches, I'm not only am I slaying the competition, I'm banging the, the famous person here in the cast. Well, yeah, and I think that she's a pageant queen. Mm-hmm. Pageant queens are notoriously cutthroat mm-hmm. as far as getting what they need to to get to the top. Mm-hmm. And I think this is and for for them right now. Not only is the top the crown, but I think it's also airtime. Yeah, no, and right. she's not gonna she's not going to scream and yell like Silky does, but she's going to do what she needs to to get airtime. And this is a surefire way to occasionally smooch on the biggest name on there. Mm-hmm. She's guaranteed to get to have a camera up in her face every once in a while and people talking about her. All right. The next day, the girls label Brooke and Vanjie as Brangy, Silky and Nina kiss and everyone in the workroom loses their minds. And then RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. Can I say one thing? Sure. Can I say one thing? A funny thing in the chat room. David McKee writes, spoiler, Brooke eliminates Vanjie in All-Stars 5. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) True. That's all. Made me laugh. Made me chuckle. And it's David Mackey. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, the, the, the mini challenge. The girls are given the task of transforming themselves into living dolls vying for the chance to 
B- to be the BFF of the RuPaul doll. Trixie Mattel drops by to visit the girls in the workroom and to stand next to RuPaul as the girls pose to deliver her classic Trixie, Trixie Mattel witticisms. After all was said and done, Raja was named the winner of the mini, mini challenge. Too much coffee. Next, <laughs> RuPaul announced this week's maxi challenge. They're having a monster ball. The girls will walk the runway in three separate looks. Trampy trick or treater, witch please, and milf. Monster I'd like to freak. Taylor, I have a couple of things I want to talk to you about here. Let's have these discussions. First all right. of all, what were your thoughts? Because, you know, the, the, what, the, the Silky and Nina kiss was in the first look this week. You know, and I talked about this mm-hmm. on the on the first response. But I want to get your thoughts. But there were a lot, not a lot, but there were some people who were grossed out when they saw Silky and Nina kissing, uh, because obviously it's like they're not like little thin wafy things uh, kissing. What what were your what are your thoughts on seeing them kiss? I it was cute. It was it was it was a silly little kiss between friends. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think either of them were shoving each other's. T- I mean, there was the joke where they were like looked like they were going to touch tongues and stuff, but it was it was an attempted humor. It was an attempt at just being silly. Um, I I didn't see a problem with it. I thought it was a I thought it was a cute moment. Now there's a listener named Travis Williams who has a little bit of a crush on you. Would mm-hmm. would uh, your husband Bob Alou would he have a problem with you doing the same kind of kiss with Travis Williams? I don't know. I think I, I think if it's it's a joking kiss on the lips, I think that would be fine. Anything that sh- had a little bit of um, intention in it, there there may be there may be an issue. You know what's funny if you watch the episode closely, you know Nina and Silky have this silly kiss, but Akuria several times throughout the show very uh, sentimentally, I'll say, you know, with a lot of feeling, kisses Silky a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But on like the shoulder or on the neck or something like that. But Curry is constantly kissing Silky. But uh, they never they never really highlight that. Uh, I haven't noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch it back. I've watched the episode twice. I've noticed it. It's it's, oh, it's very quick, and they you just see it in a, in a passing moment. Um, okay, what did you think of the mini challenge? What did you think of Trixie Mattel dropping in Taylor? I, I like that they are trying very hard to at least have one queen show up each episode Mm -hmm. and Trixie coming in. Trixie is definitely a fan favorite Mm -hmm. Um, kind of sitting around and playing around with the Queens. I thought was nice. It seemed very playful, seemed very fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, I kind of, I kind of liked the challenge though. I I thought of something else of the two things I like. One thing I didn't, one thing that I like more, but we'll talk about it later. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I did like the what's your name, Scarlet. Yeah, I already forgot. That made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I I like to see that the Queens are coming back and they're kind of welcoming this new group of sisters into the fold, into the family. Mm-hmm. So if they're if they continue doing things like that, I'll be I'll be okay with that. So let me ask you this question. This is a genuine question for me. Mm-hmm. You have this Trixie Mattel. She comes in. Obviously, it makes sense to have her there for a, a, a Barbie doll or a doll challenge, living doll challenge, right? Trixie Mattel. Her name is Trixie Mattel. Yeah. But you're having a monster ball, and you don't have Sharon Needles on? By the way, Sharon Needles has commented about this on Twitter. You know, something along the lines of, oh, having a monster ball, of course you'd want an over, you know, makeup Barbie doll to be there or something like that. Like, in other <laughs> words, they didn't ask Sharon to be on the show. Even when not you have her in there to walk through the workroom? I mean, she is the famous, you know, queen of this is, she, this is her gig, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I yes, I agree with that. I think that that might be something fun to watch as far as that could add drama and add a different level to this where you know doing a walkthrough rather than have RuPaul walk through and be seemingly bored mm-hmm. have somebody like for a monster ball Sharon Needles walk through mm-hmm. and ask people what are you working on what are yeah. you thinking about that kind of stuff because also there's not that while there is a level of oh my god this is Sharon Needles in front of me it's not the same level as RuPaul and if Sharon disagrees with for example when Brooke came up with the first runner up mm-hmm. sort of thing it's, there may there may be a little bit more of a chance of some drama there and there may be a little more of you know well that might be the way you did it on your season but not when the way I'm doing it yeah sort of thing whereas I think that they're so stupefied by rupaul and they're so scared again wanting to play it safe so all rupaul has to do is cock an eyebrow and then they completely change what they're doing mm-hmm. that may be something interesting to do i would have loved to have seen sharon there look i've made this point before and i'll make it again i think rupaul shouldn't do table visits anymore i think it should be ross i think ross matthews should do the table he should be, ross matthews should become the tim gunn of the show i would say michelle no no okay why do you th- why do you think ross because Michelle's just fucking a see you next Tuesday for no apparent reason. Like, I don't know. There's I've seen Michelle in the in the workroom, and maybe she would work past this. But there, it's almost akin to what we've said about Lucian or uh, Todrick, where there seems like they're, they're, they're laying it on thick. Like they want to be the Simon Cowell. Where I feel that she'll go the Simon Cowell route, and I want Ross. I want the Tim Gunn. I want the gentle prodding understanding giving opinion kind of thing i think ross or carson they could interchange the, the, the weeks that they're on carson i think carson would be better than ross ross strikes me as when he gives critiques on the runway ross is very much about the the character mm-hmm. the story one thing that one thing that i've heard him say to multiple queens over the seasons is i fell in love with you mm-hmm. or i want to get to know you more i want to, i want to know who the real you is mm-hmm. whereas i don't know that Ross has the background to necessarily say what works as far as a look or what looks as what works as far as fashion goes. Carson comes from a fashion background. Mm -hmm. So really of anybody, Carson is the one that you would want in there because Carson wouldn't necessarily be bitchy, but Carson could be sassy Mm -hmm. about it. So, so I think, you know, you saying Carson, would that that makes more sense to me? But I also think that maybe having uh, the occasional Carson and one of the former contestants on, I think, would be a good way to mix things up. That you're not, it's not a bad idea because it's a great way to bring old queens back, popular queens, and work them into the show without it being sort of shoehorned in. Yeah, I'd rather see Trixie in the workroom than I think in the a mini challenge where she just said her dumb jokes. All right. Yeah. In the workroom, Silky thinks about her look while telling us that there's a little clique she's a part of called the Dream Girls that consists of Silky, Akuria, and Vanjie. Though Silky is struggling, she doesn't care because she'll just lip sync and be fine. Meanwhile, Brooke and Vanjie are cuddly, but in the confessional, Vanjie states that she isn't going to let a man get between her and the crown. Next, RuPaul dropped by to pay some table visits with the girls as they worked on their outfits. Nina West gets a murder she wrote fact wrong. Sugar Kane left a six-figure job to do drag. Brooke fails to impress RuPaul with her idea for a look. RuPaul wonders if Plastique can do more than uh, stunt pretty. And Evie oddly reveals the origin of her name. Taylor, your thoughts on the table visits, your thoughts on everything in the workroom. Uh, what, what's, what's going on with you? 
that whole description felt like a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, there really wasn't much. A couple. There wasn't. Were... It just seemed like a lot. It seemed like a lot of what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Rue walks over, says, "Hi, Plastique." She goes, "Hi, Mama Rue." This is what I'm planning on working on. And she goes, yeah, well, you're kind of a pretty girl, but, you know, you haven't really given us anything to work with. Mm-hmm. Cocks an eyebrow and then tries to get Plastique or Brooke or whoever it is to kind of shake in their boots. And then just sort of, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to what you show me. And then turns around and walks away. It just yes. see, It's just a lot of – now you've got me really thinking about this whole Carson idea. I really like that idea of having it be Carson instead of Rue. Anyway, I was thinking about sugar cane. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're gonna sit here and watch Taylor think. Um, he, everyone should know he really did like look up at the ceiling and then really have like this pensive look on his face. I was like, oh, he really was thinking about. It. I know he really had his his finger, his chin to his fingertips. It was really, it was really odd. He was rubbing his beard like, and you could almost see the thought bubbles coming out of his head. And then I saw like a little cloudy image of of uh, of Carson walking through the workroom. Anyway, uh, I wanted to talk. You know what was really funny? What really kind of stuck with me was Sugar Cane, even though it was a whole lot of nothing. Sugar Cane being, you know, uh, a woman of a certain age, a Latina, a Latinx person of a certain age who gave up a big career to pursue what she loved. And I can totally relate. I was probably around the same age when I, you know, I owned a successful test prep business. And I was like, this is not what I love to do. This is not what I like to do. And I left it to uh, pursue podcasting. I didn't think, what's so funny, I didn't think professionally at the time I had a film in development. But what it has evolved over to this past year is now like I'm a professional podcaster slash uh, philanthropist. But, um, but, But I'm finally doing what I love. So I can totally understand having this, I guess... Maybe it's the new wave midlife crisis where it's not getting a Ferrari and it's not banging a hot young thing. It is about finally going, you know what? Fuck this rat race. I'm going to do what I want to do. What are your thoughts on that? Are you seeing more and more of that in, in your uh, in your world? Well, I see that in my world in that I, you know, I am a licensed clinical therapist and mm-hmm. I could start a private practice someplace. I could see clients and charge, you know. $150 an hour if I wanted to, that kind of stuff. And But I have found that over the years that I tend to work in jobs that don't pay as much, but they are more enjoyable to me. I mm-hmm. love what I do for a living. I've yeah. been very fortunate and very blessed that I have always done something since I got out of school that now, there are days that I want to you know beat my head against my steering wheel when I get in it. But for the most part, I feel like I'm making a difference. I feel like it allows me an opportunity to be creative, which I enjoy, and to be compassionate, which I like being, and to use my skills in a way that works for me and feels good for me. So when when Sugar was talking about that, you know, to walk away from a six-figure job to do something that she really kind of loves and found her passion, it made me happy for her. Sugar is one of those people that I did not necessarily care for at the beginning of the season, but the more I see her, the more I really like her. I was kind of lukewarm on her when she first came in. And I, I, I appreciate her more as with each passing episode. So I just, I just realized last week for the orange runway, she put on like made fun of Donald Trump for having like an orange fake tan. And I was like, has this bitch looked in the mirror? <laughs> 
Well, but you also figure if she's Latina and Native American, mm-hmm. there's, you know, she's, she may not need a fake tan, but she may just tan super easily. Mm, and the you big know, white I'm chicklets. Te- God, Those big white chicklets in her mouth? <laughs> well, that says nothing to her dentistry. But I mean, as somebody who is Italian and Greek, I can, I lay out in the sun for more than a couple hours and I am rich Corinthian leather by the time, by the end of the day. Taylor, once again, I, I look, look at my face right here. Look at the, like, this is, and I don't even go in the sun. And then look at my, my chest, like, th- look at the difference between my chest and my face. Mm-hmm. My face, I look like General Santa Ana. <laughs> <laughs> and then my chest looks like Scarlet Envy. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that that's just that that's the joy of being from a a, a central not Central American. I was gonna because Italy and Greece, but Equator cl- close uh, nationality. Equator close. Equa mm-hmm. Equa close. All right, very I good. Wanna... <laughs> I'm gonna move on and just ignore that you just said that. Back in the workroom, the other girls clonk Ariel's basic mermaid outfit. Brooke wraps a snake around her head, and Scarlet gets some side eye as she walks around the workroom in her creature from the Black Lagoon couture. It's elimination day, and we learn that Evie loves Halloween. Big revelation. Wow. Raja, Raja started doing Dragon Halloween. The girls shade Plastique by wondering if she even has any makeup skills, and Silky shocks the audience by being extra. Uh, Taylor, any, you know, you kind of like that was, those were the two segments because it was all about the looks this week. Yeah. All about the looks. And I think, um, I think there's just really not much to, which is so funny because online I saw someone go like, oh, finally we've got some stuff in the workroom. I'm like, what did you get? (laughs) Like Silky walking around saying, you know, you know, bring it to the runway, bring it to the runway, uh, you know, charm into the runway. Anyway, that was kind of a funny moment. That, it that it was funny, but honestly, That's, of that whole two segments there, that was the highlight. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, all right. If you enjoy this show, you might want to think about supporting it to help us keep the lights on. How can you do this? Support us over at Patreon.com. There, if you sign up at the three dollar Enid level, you receive a brand new podcast in your own personal feed six out of seven days of the week. On top of that, you get access to live recordings and bonus content. For instance, this episode you're listening to now is actually about twenty minutes longer for our Patreon supporters. Not guys, and you guys missed. It was the most rando 20 minutes. There was some tea <laughs> about Trixie Mattel. And what else did we talk about? It was Taylor. It was 20 Our minutes. assholes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taylor told me the color of my asshole. I won't tell you how he figured it out. And uh, it, was a, it was a wild ride. It was, I put the Mr. Toad in Mr. Toad's wild ride there. <laughs> anyway, for, okay, anyway, what am I reading here? Oh, not only that, they get the episode commercial free. So some, so do you sometimes. It depends on when the ad people decide to put ads. So what right. are you waiting for? Head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap and sign up at the $3 level. That's right. Just head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap. All right. We'll be back right after this. All right, Taylor. It's time now for <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Here's a like in three, two. All right, Taylor. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. It's time for the looks. Ooh, we're doing spooky music this week. Yeah. Oh, look. All right. We have to be so, on brand. All right. So I have a question. Yeah. 
there were 33 looks this week. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I'm never going to get you to talk about all 33 yeah. looks. Mm-hmm. But on the, the Reddit page that you sent me, they're all over the place as far as well, the most popular looks versus the least popular. Are yeah. we going to go by Queen and just kind of scroll through real fast? Or do you want to just talk about the looks you liked versus the looks you didn't? Are we going to talk genera- generally about each of the top and bottom queens? How would you like to do this? I want to make this as easy for you as possible. Here's what I'll say. Um, I, first of all, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I would say... Because what's, here's what's interesting. I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this on during the show or before the show is I actually had read online that people did not agree with the judging of this show. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what I did was when I rewatched the episode, I made a chart for each look with each queen and I gave them a point value score and I tried as much as possible to forget where they placed after the episode and whatnot. I just gave them a number based on did they meet the challenge, did they meet the criteria, and how does it look, the aesthetics. And I gave it a number, gut reaction number. Okay. So what's funny is, I'll tell you this at at the top right now. My numbers for them on, on some level do not agree with the judges, <clears throat> which okay. means there are some queens who are in the top who I already would have put in the middle. There, uh, there's a queen who I would have put actually towards the bottom, who would end up being on top. And I also probably would have uh, put some, you know, vice versa. They're all kind of all over the place. Okay. So um, do you? So let me tell you how they. So I gave points. For each one, and we can discuss each point if you want. But what's funny is, do you do you have off the top of your head queens that you would have put on the top, or did you agree with the judges? Uh, I'm trying to think who was in. The, I did not agree with the judges for one of the three. I think I did not understand the love and craziness that they had for Edie's looks. Yeah. So just for everyone, if you don't remember, uh, Brooke, Lynn Heights, Evie mm-hmm. Oddly, and Plastique Tiara were in the top. Yes. But you wouldn't have put Evie there. I, yes. I did not get the whole dinosaur thing, why they all thought that was so amazing. When she pretty much said it's a little kid's dinosaur costume that yeah. she just kind of cut holes in. Mm-hmm. Um I'm trying to remember what I didn't like the voodoo look. Mm-hmm. I did like the witch look though. The yes. witch look, but that was the witch look was more about from the neck up. I loved the the crooked witch hat. I love the white wig, and also I loved the white uh, contact lens. Mm-hmm. That was very beautiful from the the head up, but the head down was sort of like okay. I feel like we've seen that before. Oh, so I think we figured it out then. Why don't we do this? Because I hate the looks. Why don't we go through my tops and my bottoms? Yeah, we will. And then if you have people you want to throw in there, you throw in. Okay. Okay, so let me tell you who my tops were. Okay. Okay. Tied for top. And this, this, by the way, I want everyone to know, I did this so honestly that when I did the totals, I was surprised. I was like, whoa, these people were the tops? Okay, right? I was shocked. All right. My top three. Well, the the tie for top. The tie for. Did the, you wait? 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 Wait! Real quick. Did you do like a rate them on a one to five, one to one ten, to 10 one, to, one to ten, one to ten? Okay. okay. In fact, I'll even go in. So the tie for the top spot. This is shocking to me. Scarlet Envy and Nina West. Scarlet okay. Scarlet Envy for her trampy trick or treater. She got an eight from me. 
I really liked it. Okay. And she was the for Trampy Trick or Treat, what was she? I don't know. Anyway, for <laughs> for which she got seven and for MILF she got an eight. She got eights and sevens across the board with a total score of twenty-three. I liked the MILF look. I definitely liked the MILF look mm-hmm. with the with the which I didn't think I was gonna like, but when she added the collar and she did something where you could actually see her face, yeah. I, I, I would have liked for her to see do something with hair. Yeah. Even if it was like a short wet look or something to go with the idea of what they were doing, mm-hmm. I would have I would oh sexy pirate. Haley's mom said sexy pirate, which I liked the pirate. Yeah. I did I did like the pirate, especially because she, she's going for the sexy pirate sort of thing. Yeah. Very Gasparilla, which and is they, something here in Tampa that's all all actual MILFs, you know, the real housewives of Tampa Bay all mm-hmm. walk around like sexy pirates in February. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying though is this uh, this Scarlet, I didn't realize it when I watched it the first time. She really impressed me. Each look, she they met the criteria of the challenge, and it was aesthetically pleasing. Same thing with Nina West. The only one that we the the one reason Nina didn't get eights across the board for me were uh-huh. because on her tri- on her trampy trick or treater, I didn't feel that as much as I loved 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 the Little Shop of Horrors costume. Yeah, I didn't feel as trampy. I would have loved to have given it an 8 or a 9, but it just felt like campy. It, it wasn't campy trick-or-treater. It was trampy trick-or-treater, and it yeah. feels trampy. So she, I, I can see I, that. Yeah, I knocked it off a point and gave her a 7. So she tied at 23, but I was really – like I loved the idea and the, the sort of taking a step beyond of the uh, Salem Witch Trial outfit yes. for the witches. Yes. I've seen, I've seen some controversy online about that and that the, the appliques at the bottom looked a little crafty. Mm-hmm. So I think if she had done something where that could have been maybe done where the the skirt was actually more like different, like fire colored sequins Mm -hmm. that kind of went into the dress and maybe even something where there was she had a pole behind her Mm -hmm. attached to her her back. So it looked like she was actually standing next to a stake that would have sent it over the top. That would have told the whole story. But the actual application, similar to that whole lion thing that she did the one week, Mm -hmm. it looks a little arts and crafts third grade teacher to me and then in the milf look i loved uh she did oh the the plastic face thing i thought that was really mm-hmm. cool and i thought that was really i like i came in at eight so yeah so and then i would so then the next one well there's a tie here I, there's four here uh a tie for third i guess um, okay which is akuria davenport and vanessa vanji mateo they each had 21 uh, Scarlina had 23 and Akuria uh, and uh, Vanjie had 21 each. Um, Vanjie, I think, would have been higher, but it's it's sort of the same problem with Plastique, who was just under at 20, in that it's just we're seeing the same look, but they're, they're accomplishing it, but it's a lot of times the same look. Like the MILF, she got a kind of a low score. She got a six for me because the neck up, I loved that headpiece. Yeah. But the neck down, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. You made you made reference on a previous show where when Michelle commented that she's wearing the same thing, that she had a panic look on her face because that's all she brought for <laughs> runways. Yeah. And that went through my head with all of these where I'm like, oh, my God, it's this, it is the thing where she's wearing the corset with a little bit of glitter. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The MILF look with the – which – on the runway, it kind of came off as this blue-green kind of the, and you'll get the reference. This is many, but the haunted mansion color mm-hmm. that they use yeah. that that like aquamarine sort of. Whereas on Untucked, it was like neon green. But I yeah. loved both of them, and I loved the, the headdress. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the angel look to me, 
I, the the wings looked cheap because all I'm all I kept thinking is comparing it to Courtney Axe when she wore the wings for the animal uh, the animal challenge mm-hmm. and how amazing that looked compared to this. It just it looked very crafty to me. I don't remember her witch look. Which look? The <laughs> Vanjie's witch look. Which look? The look that she was a witch. Who's on first? <laughs> oh, I love you so much. Okay. Um, and who was the other one you said? Uh, Akira Davenport. I think totally underrated. I was thinking about that. Kind of. Br- I didn't like her MILF look as much, but her trampy trick-or-treater and her witch look, great. Fantastic. The trampy trick-or-treater was the one where she was like the the poker girl with the poker table. Okay, yeah. Like that was all right. That, that felt costume. That felt very costume to me, which I also get it's a Halloween challenge, so a lot of them came off as sort of costume. Oh, the but Halloween cha- challenge one came off as costume Taylor? Tell I me know, more about that's, this. That's what, it, it felt, that one felt more Party City to me than okay. some of the other looks did. And then her witch look, I just remember being, oh, the witch one was the one that had like the black horns and she, it was like very, it, it was sort of Maleficent. Yeah, the one had the branch with the crow sitting yeah. on it. Yeah. Oh, that, oh yeah, and you know what? I didn't like the MILF one as much. That wasn't one with the big spider on her. Yeah, I thought, no, I thought that one good. wasn't great. the The problem is, and I, I, I heard Willem say this before that you really shouldn't wear black on the runway because the, because the TV does not pick up all of the details to it. Mm-hmm. It was very hard to figure out if those things ca- coming out of her back were branches or if they were horns or if they're supposed to be bones or anything. And yeah. If it wasn't for the, for Rue and Michelle and all them making jokes about it, you couldn't have necessarily known that. Plus, her hair. She was wearing a long wig, but you oh, couldn't. Was? There was so much, yeah. There was so much going on that you couldn't. The details got lost in it, so that's why I. When you said Akira, I had to think for a second, like which which outfit was she? Okay, now let's talk about my bottoms. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Aiden Dean. <laughs> <laughs> He's a top. So anyway, um, Sugar Cane obviously came out. There was there was a tie for the bottom. Okay. Yeah. So sugar cane, but you know who tied for the bottom with her? Who? Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Silky looked. Silky should have lip synced. Mm-hmm. The only reason that Ariel should have not been was the first outfit. While they talked about the construction of it, with all of the syringes coming out of the shoulder pads and everything, that was kind of an awesome look. Mm-hmm. And that her was witch look cool. wasn't bad. Her witch look wasn't ter- They came down and they're like, oh, you're bringing couture. And then it's like Victorian. People do that shit all the time. Right. That's fucking half the Boulay Brothers shit. Yeah. You know? No, I, I liked I liked when they kept talking about saloon girl. Well, there could have been a saloon girl witch. Yeah. That, that's. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So her first two looks were great. But that. But yeah, Ariel. I, Ariel pretty much was in the bottom because that last look had nothing to do with the challenge at all. Yeah. It was a mermaid. Yeah, uh, she could. She What's funny is she should have switched million. it. She should have kind of switched it. She should have made the mermaid the trampy trick or treater, slutted it mm-hmm. up, and done that first look. Maybe put some monster makeup on or something, and then done the syringe one for the for the the milf. Yeah, yeah, that that probably would have saved her. Yeah, that probably would. She would have just been safe. Um, it just didn't. Sugar cane was. Ba- everything about Sugarcane was was bad. The, the whole weird troll doll that was awful. That, that I, as soon as she came out, I said, "Well, we know at least one of the ones that's in the bottom." But but you know what's so funny is the um 
the witch one wasn't bad. I don't remember the witch one. The witch one, she was... Which one? No, anyway, the witch... <laughs> oh, my God! The witch one was the... Um, the one where she actually she was probably she didn't do a sexy witch at all. She's probably one of the few that didn't oh, do a sexy witch. Like kind of like a, the bloody where yes. she was covered. It. Okay, yeah, that was that, that was like a scary costume. That one was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I think though, when compared to others, it I think when a lot of them were going kind of going for sexy witch, maybe mm-hmm. that's why she didn't necessarily stand out. And Silky with the weird unicorn thing that you couldn't tell it was a unicorn except for the horn. And the fact oh. that they said, oh, it's a unicorn. Is that what it was? I didn't even know that. Yeah, she was supposed to be a sexy unicorn. I didn't watch the judges' critiques this time around. Here's the other thing, too. I want to bring up two comparisons. Is Brooke, who should have just been safe. I don't know why Brooke was in the top there. According to my numbers, Brooke had a 17, which is very safe on this, right? Mm-hmm. But when she did that one where Cara Delevingne did the, the Suicide Squad, I looked yeah. up that character, the, the Enchantress. Uh-huh. And, oh, you could totally see the inspiration. Like, a yeah. fantastic job on that. Then I looked up, because Silky was hearkening back to the witch from the evil inn from the wit from the Wiz. Yeah. Right? It was, like, it was like a shitty Party City version of that. Yeah. If Silky well, actually would have pulled it off, it would have been amazing. If Silky had actually... Okay, yeah, because they actually showed at one point pictures from the Wiz, mm-hmm. and which I, when she came out, I knew exactly who she was. Uh-huh. The Wiz is one of my all-time favorite movies as a young gay boy in South Jersey. So, by the way, I remember it, I taught at this really like ritzy all-white school, and the kids were like, "We couldn't come to class. We have them. We're in a musical. I'm like, what musical? Like the Wiz? I'm like, you're all white. <laughs> I'm all that's just called the Wizard of Oz. But whatever, go ahead. Um. But, but if she had done more as far as just the the costume just looked super cheap. It looked like it was it was shoddily put together. If she had done more to kind of accentuate, especially around her hair and stuff, that could have been that that could have been a winning look. That could have at the very least been a top. That could have maybe pushed her. Well, maybe not because the other two looks were shitty. Um, but that could that could have been an amazing look. Okay, so those are the looks I have to talk about. Those are my tops and my bottoms. So in my, uh, by the numbers, it should have been Sugarcane versus Silky Ganache in the bottom two. Ariel I would agree should with that. No, Ariel should not have been there. Do you agree with that? Yes. Is there anybody that I didn't mention that you want to talk about? And it better not be fucking six other queens. No. I, I, <laughs> okay. You, t- you okay. talked about Nina, uh-huh. which, you know, I love me some Nina West. Uh-huh. Um, I thought Plastique looked so pretty as the MILF. Um, I thought it was a great look. And even even the Maleficent, the Maleficent felt a little on the nose, as did the Playboy Bunny. But I am amazed at just how fish Plastique is, where she just, she looks like a bio girl. And she is just, she's beautiful to look at. But I thought that the makeup with the kind of skull coming through on the mouth was was incredible. And for them all giving her grief that she doesn't really, you know, she kind of does the same look or whatever, she looked very stunning. I, the reason Plastique won that was not so much about the looks as much as it was the story she told through her movement. Mm-hmm. That it really was about, you know, when she came out on point and when she did the, you know, the very dramatic dance moves as far as when she was the Enchantress and the very slow, methodical walk as the, I guess you'd almost call it like a Black Widow or, you know, she's not really a snake woman. She just happened to have a snake wrapped around her. Mm-hmm. That That's why she won against Plastique. 
because I think Plastique's looks, I think Plastique's looks were better, but she just kind of came out, showed what she had, and then went back. Whereas, whereas Brooks' looks told a story. Okay. It's one of the same things I would say with Ariel. It's the same thing with Vanjie. It's, yes, Plastique's very fishy, but essentially it's always just a one-piece bathing suit or bodysuit or whatever. I don't know what you call things. In different forms. That's what the Playboy Bunny was. That's what her other two looks were. It's the same silhouette every single time from uh, Plastique. Okay. I I mean, I I agree with you on that. And I was looking at it more from a full experience in that the makeup was just, was striking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, more More so in this week than maybe in other weeks. So uh, that'll eventually come back to bite her in the ass. It has to. Uh, so we'll just see. But for this week, especially with it kind of being costumes, I'll give this week a pass because a lot of costumes, like Halloween costumes, start off with a bodysuit and you build on top of that. Um, so, but but if she keeps doing this, then yeah, I would agree that it seems like it is a lot of a lot of like leotards with some sort of flair at the bottom of it. But we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Now, I want to really briefly, we, we kind of touched this. I want to talk about Brooke and Evie. I think I agree, you and I agree that they should not have been there on the top. Um, they should have been safe. Evie, that last look, the MILF look was horrible. So it was the trampy trick-or-treater, the mm-hmm. dinosaur. I don't, I, like you, I'm like, why were they so charmed by that? I didn't, it didn't yeah, satisfy it, it the challenge. Felt, it, it was, it felt very much, like I said before, they know who they want in their top six. And they had to just pour the love all over her because there'll be she, she's going to be around for a while. And then with Brooke, her trampy trick-or-treater was, I don't know what it was, but it was boring. And then I gave her high marks on her witch, but to me, her MILF outfit was another witch. So I gave her a five. No, I didn't get, I didn't get witch. I got kind of Victorian, Black Widow, Haunted Mansion, um, the, the Wailing Woman kind of thing. Uh, that maybe 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 there was a witch there, but I got, I got more like almost like a Morticia Adams, um, almost like a vampire type type thing from her that versus versus the witch. Oh, her her first look was the mummy where she came out on point. Oh, yeah, I was very whatever about that. But I think that was that was a because she was on point. That's what kind of sold that was that she was up on her toes the whole time versus if she just sort of came up because you even saw at one point after she got to the back of the runway, she was flat on her feet and she just looked like a guy wrapped in toilet paper at that point when she walked out. All right. She walked on the stage. Have we exhausted talking about the looks? I think we've exhausted talking about the looks. All right. Well, that was the looks. Um, all right, let's move on to the main stage. Back on the main stage, Plastique, Evie and Brooke were in the top, while Silky, Sugar, and Ariel were in the bottom. After the deliberations, Evie and Plastique were called safe, while Brooke was named the winner of the challenge. Later, Silky got a pass, leaving Sugar Kane and Ariel Versace in the bottom two. The time came for a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song... Wait, what was the song? I'm Your Baby Tonight by Whitney I'm Houston. Your Baby Tonight by Whitney Houston. Ariel took a spill, the ultimate no-no on Drag Race, and for that, she had to pay the price, her voice. <laughs> and she was asked to sashay away. Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? As soon as Rue said, previous to tonight, I've asked you both to prepare a lip sync to I'm Your Baby Tonight. I turned to my husband and said, Sugar's got it. Oh, really? Like, 
Yeah, because that is one of those songs. And I equate this to, and this may be wrong of me, but I equate this to age. Sugar is close in age to where she would have grown up listening to I'm Your Baby Tonight, whereas that song is actually older than Ariel. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there is a... Sugar gives off a vibe of being kind of soulful and kind of can kind of get down in the funk of it, which Mm -hmm. I also get we're talking about a Whitney Houston song. But I just feel like when you picture the two of them before it even starts Mm -hmm. in your mind, who could blow that song away? Mm -hmm. Sugar was the first one to come to mind on that. The thing that I said, because my husband was like, no, you're wrong. I said, wait for the end when she has to do like the quick rap thing. And I will say Ariel, especially after falling, kind of held her own. Ariel had some great face work during during the lip sync. But there, the energy off of that, even prior to the fall, was off. It was wrong. She, th- that's not a song for, for death drops and, or almost literally death drops or doing kind of like the back arching your back sort of thing. That is, that is a song. That is a, that is a sachet side to side and occasionally throw your hands out and cock your neck a little bit and sugar was definitely giving that um so i am glad to see sugar is also somebody that when it's clear she really wants this she really really wants to do well for this that when you when you talk about the fact that she's put her entire life into this Mm -hmm. um it's 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 you feel for her like when she said shantay you stay and she's kind of started to cry you, you feel for her. I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I, I'm genuinely liking Sugar more and more as the season goes on, and I'm, and I'm glad. I for think that. you like Sugar a little too much. Uh, no. <laughs> and he pumps insulin into his arm. Okay, uh, I disagree. <laughs> I, I disagree with you. Okay, I disagree with you. I actually feel that if Ariel had not taken that spill, which is something that frustrates me about RuPaul's Drag Race, that she would have won the lip sync. I feel Ariel was bringing it. I actually do kind of feel like she didn't do necessarily straight up death drop. She did that thing where they just fall behind. I don't know if that's considered a, a death drop. And I felt they were appropriate. You're right. During that rap uh, break. Uh, I think Ariel did have a really good facial movement. You know, someone wrote to me last night, I think it was Nami Harder, who, uh, oh, is that what, Nami Harder, I just got that. Anyway, listener Nami, <laughs> Nami Harder wrote to us, and I don't know, out of nowhere, I don't know why he said this, that Suga just stayed in one place because she g- does New York clubs and they have very small stages. And so she's used to that. One, okay, well, adapt. Okay. Um, two is... Um, I that's I, also not a song though where you run around on the stage. That is kind of a song where you sort of stay in one place or stay in a in a spot. It's not it's not living in America last week where they're all where they have to you have to run around and do death drops and jump around and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. I just I just I think I'll say this. I think it was a lot closer than it should have been just because. But she fell right, and I don't know if I think falling down is a do you think falling down is a, a a an automatic out? Not necessarily. No, but if it's as close as you are saying it, you think it was, or as a lot of True. people are All saying right. it is, then she's gonna. You know, if if it's where you were, we're, and I don't think we're to the point of splitting hairs. But if you're taking points off for 
movements because because I, I felt like the the rat part that was going to be the part that made or break broke either one of them mm-hmm. because of that that sort of is the um cold-hearted snake section of Alyssa versus coco of where coco said i want her to see that i know all the words and was pointing at her mouth that's on a lesser degree that's kind of the same idea so i think had one of them really screwed that up then whoever it was that screwed it up would have been the one to go home um at this point maybe it was just where she was kind of looking at a general points and they decided also you have in the deliberation sugar kind of knew that it wasn't working whereas ariel kind of defended herself and said well i wanted to stay true to who i was and i kind of felt like it was a witch but where she got a little bit more defensive Mm -hmm. so that could have played into it as well all right very good now i i have a couple of little facts i just saw that i forgot to mention one i looked up this rupaul doll yeah do you know how much it's gonna cost what do you want to guess I would say at least a hundred and fifty. Close, one hundred and forty-five dollars for this fucking okay. stupid doll. Well, but that's what they—that's what they do. Uh oh, the, the, Taylor's doing the the laser death eyes. Is everything okay? Okay. Well, we're almost done. You can come down. All right, love you. Uh oh, that passive no, aggressive. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Oh. They're. His car, is, his car is in the shop, and apparently they're coming to pick him up. Uh-oh, passive-aggressive. Oh, she's going to get it later. I'm going to get I'm going to get it, hopefully. <laughs> I hope I get it later. Uh, we're almost done. Calm down, Bob. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right. The other thing yes. I wanted to say is, uh, did you feel that when Brooklyn Heights was doing her living doll thing and – Tricky said something along the lines of, oh, look, it's Katya. That that was sort of shit, because Brooke was kind of channeling, and Brooke has channeled Katya before, where she's, like, smoking the cigarette and spreading her legs. Did you mm-hmm. feel that was she was making fun of Katya? Was she throwing shade at Katya, or was she throwing shade at Brooke? I think she was throwing shade at Brooke. Okay. I uh, don't... I don't. Somebody else, I thought... I thought Nina should have won that challenge. That one... I didn't know who should have won that challenge. Okay, and I have one more thing I want to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, the well, actually, two the untucked. Did you watch the rest of Untucked, or did no. you just okay? You told me not to. You said, okay, Joe, no, uh, don't watch it. I was like, oh, I okay. didn't say don't watch it. I gave you a recap of it. One, I get private recaps from Taylor. He was like, need- Welcome to the Untucked Recap Show with Taylor the Latte Boy. <laughs> and it's a whole sh- a special show you guys don't get. That's the five dollar level on the uh, Patreon. Go ahead. He gets he gets private recaps, yeah. recaps for money. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about what he wants me to talk about. Yeah. Um anybody under the age of 30 won't get that joke. I don't get that joke. <sighs> yes, you do. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> you old bitch. Um they they went into the whole thing about Nina's story again mm-hmm. about the bullying. And I don't understand why, because she almost talked about it, not verbatim, but she kind of told the whole story again. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, because she, the, the difference is that she went into a thing talking about the, um, about the the trans, the things that are happening in the trans community, and also they talked a little bit about this current administration and, and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I almost wish that they had not talked about it last week and saved this for just for Untucked, mm-hmm. because I feel like some of the resonance, particular resonance, resonance of the the trans stuff kind of got lost because you've already lost people when you're telling a story that we've already heard. So that 
made me a little like, I don't get why they're doing this, other than the fact that there isn't a lot for them to work with. So they kind of felt like they had to talk about it again. Um, the second thing, Sugar's fiance, super hot, super my type. Where'd you see Good for Sugar? Where'd you, where'd you see Sugar's fiance? They did the video. I saw, oh, I, I didn't see it. They did the video, oh, and it was it. it was Sugar's fiance, and was just he's super cute. Hmm, That's all. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I know something else. I know something yes, else. Okay, go ahead. Okay, in the moment, see, I almost wish that you did watch it because, from a psychological standpoint, this was interesting, and mm-hmm. you might have to go back and get it. When Sugar and Ariel come back, and they decide they they pretty much look at each other and go, "We're it." Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to be the ones lip syncing for our lives. Mm-hmm. The difference in preparation, it was clear that Ariel was going to go home because Sugar immediately at one point says, I got to go back. I got to learn these words. I got to lip sync and everything. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to lip sync and Ariel is coming in and Ariel is clearly dive bombing where she is, where where she's talking about her feelings and she's talking about other stuff. And I don't know if that was a, I just need to express myself because I'm freaking out and I don't know how to stop talking about it. Or I'm realizing this is the last chance I'm going to have to be on the show because there's a good chance I'm going home tonight. Mm -hmm. Or if it is a, I am trying to play the game and trying to distract my potential competition from learning the words. So I'm going to just keep talking because there were times where sugar was doing the thing that I do at work sometimes with coworkers that won't shut up where I'm going. Yeah. mm -hmm, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. And I'm trying to do something and they just keep talking. It was very interesting yeah, to watch. I know. It felt fuck you. It felt very much similar in some ways to the Nina versus Valentina of where they purposely show in Untucked. They showed the two of them laying next to each other and Nina practicing and Valentina just looking up at the looking up at the lights. Mm-hmm. Just an interesting, interesting thought. Okay, that went through my head. I think I really am done. No, no, good, good recap. I like it because I didn't get to watch Untucked. Um, I wanted to talk about Evie's laugh. <laughs> I feel Evie, that, that's Evie's always time for a cocktail. That's Evie's work that puss. And she's always like, I know, people always talk about my laugh. <laughs> and then just like works it in any way she can. If she could well, find a way to put it on a t-shirt, she would. Go ahead. Well, she, a lot of times when they show her laughing... The laughs seem very dramatic and throwing yes. your head back. But like where like and I know, you know, you even talked about that when you went to the finale where they t- kind of did this thing where they said, all right, everybody laugh, even though nothing was going on, you know, and when they showed you and Evan mm-hmm. at, at the one, you both kind of had a <laughs> like a chuckle sort of thing. If Evie was sitting next, it would have been this <laughs> like throwing her head back with her eyes. That felt very like. When they've showed them when they're all standing in line, when Rue is explaining something or makes a mm-hmm. joke when yeah. explaining what these challenges, it just it's not it. It just feels forced. It feels yeah, super, she's super trying forced. to she's trying to make it a thing that everyone talks to her about her laugh. If I ever interview Evie Oddly, I'm gonna never bring up her laugh, and she can do all the forced laughs she wants. I'm just gonna pretend like she's just a normal person. All right, <laughs> one more thing. You brought up Bio Queens earlier. Don't you think it's weird that the two judges today, they're essentially bio queens. Elvira is a bio queen. Mm-hmm. And you can make the argument that Cara Delevingne is a bio queen. Eh, I mean, she's a supermodel. You're a supermodel. Thank you. <laughs> Put the bass in your walk. Dun, 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 dun. 
Um, but at least Elvira is a bio queen, so go for having a, a bio queen on the show. Elvira's a dragon. And I, I think Elvira looks great. Mm, I mean, I you've talked cool. about that she's kind of well-preserved sort of thing, but when you've seen her up close. But, up close I mean, as far as on my TV, I thought she, she looked she amazing. She looked fantastic on TV. You see up close and you're like, oh, you do look 70-something. She's 70-something. Oh, I, I every every minute of it, I'm sure. But I, I I thought that she was fun. She gets it. She's campy. I, I have enjoyed the co-hosts this the the guest judges mm-hmm. this season. That is definitely something that I think is 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 been a lot of fun to watch. The those that are on, we haven't gotten anybody that has a look on their face like what the fuck am I doing here? Everybody mm-hmm. seems to be like super excited to be a part of it. All right. Very good. I agree with you, Taylor. And I actually think, you know, for being a sort of like meh episode, I think this was a very good recap. I'm very proud of us, Taylor. Maybe I should have coffee before we do every single recap. Oh, God, please no. All right, well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at PIMC Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's B E T A N C E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at DragRaceRecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at HelloUglies.com and Catching Up at CatchingUpPodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.